0: Don the armor. With special guest, Byron Rogers. We are in Las Vegas for the Executive Protection Forum, and it's also the Executive Protection Summit that's happening right now. And typically, we are all accustomed to uh, listening to Byron on his his weekly podcast, interviewing some amazing, amazing people. But now we're gonna reverse this right now, yeah. and I think it's also important. I mean, just yesterday we were having a dinner, uh, and uh, you know, I was asking Byron quite a bit of questions about his background, and and you know, it came off a podcast that you were recently on. Mm. What was the name of that podcast? Um, Action Junkies. Action yeah. Junkies. And when I was listening to that podcast, I'm like, wow. I mean, like there's some things here I didn't really know about Byron. I mean, we, we hear about what you've done, that you were a Marine, mm-hmm. and you and uh, you were in the Marines, and you went through those whole experiences, but to really know what that means, I think the more and more people that hear your story and your experiences can understand also where you're coming from, because you play it off like you kind of just went through it, and yeah. it was just like, yeah, it's, it's like I went to a basketball game kind of thing. Right, right. And that's how you play it off, but the reality is, is the way you cope and the way you deal with it is the most impressive. Thank you. Um, So, Brian, like, we'll say thank you for being here, (laughs) but we're here. And I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think let's just, I wanna dive in, um, just to, why did you join the Marines, to begin the journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like,
1: kind of on what you were saying, you know, like, even when I retell some of these stories, you know, it's interesting to me to see that, like, Man, these things really happened. You know, right. So to me, even it's like, wow, like I'm really here. These things really happened. Like, and <clears throat> they talk about in therapy. It's so good to talk about traumatic things repeatedly because that um, it helps you normalize it and it helps you deal with it and you process it out loud. You know, and that's been huge for me. Right. Um, and so you know, when you go through that type of stuff, it's just like you. It's almost like surreal, you know, it's like in your brain box. So that's kind of why I try to keep, I try to talk about this stuff a lot. And I think I have a lot of tools that I was given as a young man. That have really helped me um, navigate those waters effectively. And then beyond that, I just have always worked on myself. Okay. i'm a face the dragon kind of guy i'm a kill the kill the 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 elephant in the room kind of guy and okay. so it's really helped me move through a lot of that so if you're a veteran listening or someone who's been through trauma which everyone's been through something
0: yeah um those are some, just some some ideas okay let, let, let's go to the origin story okay before we okay, how old were you when you joined the marines i joined when i was eight okay against my parents
1: will okay it's all kinds of there's a whole story about that yeah I made it happen okay <laughs> this was what, what, gonna happen what, what kind of kid were you like growing up um I was a very respectful kid because I was in a, a extremely um, very disciplinarian type family my father and my mother were both disciplinarians um, <clears throat> raised in church so um, at a young age, I really started work, working on a relationship with God and, and working on my spirituality and, you know, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and that really helped me navigate a, so much. Right, gave you that strong foundation <clears throat> and and a place to gain strength uh, beyond the strength I have. Okay. You know, or that that I could perceive that I had. Okay. In uh, many situations, and also guided me. Okay. I've been guided. You know, like I'm not here because I'm so amazing. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. There's just been so much that's been like go here, okay.
0: do this. So, so before vote. before you joined the Marines, now, yeah. before you hit that age of eighteen, did, what were your goals and like what were your aspirations? I mean, we ask be asking questions all the time. What do you mm-hmm. want to be when you grow up? What do you want yeah. to be when you grow up? What was in your heart? Because I mean, yeah. I, I can tell you, like my daughter, mm-hmm. she knows she wants to be a lawyer, and yeah. she's sixteen, and she's had that since she was a young a young kid, right? There. And it just stays her. So, what, yeah. was there anything that was like pronounced that you're like, this is what I want to do? Yeah,
1: I've always known I was a warrior and when I was growing up the best outlet I could really find for that was like football so first I wanted to be a football I wanted to be in the NFL you know Mm -hmm. um but as I grew that kind of faded and I was like I want to really be an actual real warrior you know and that kind of is really when the call to like the proving ground of combat really started to get a hold of me you know and then there's a lot of different things about duty and stuff that i can go into if you want to know why i joined the marines yeah um but yeah it was just kind of like i'm an able-bodied man who i feel like it's our duty you know to do that for our country for our nation for our tribe i still do that in many different ways for different uh cultures and demographics i'm involved in you know Um, and then i wanted to earn something for myself that um, no one could take away from me you know my father's an extremely powerful masculine a successful businessman who is never impressed i can find the cure for cancer tonight and he'll be like what about aids you know <laughs> what about you know right so um you know he got shot at point Blank range with a shotgun when i was a kid he survived you know he was in a fire got burns over 80 percent of his body you know survived still strong i still might have to shoot him like still might be able to beat him like mike could not beat him up you know? right um but, uh, so I was kind of like, what can I do that will even impress this man and really give me my own sense of my masculinity so I don't have to wonder about
0: it. Okay. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to go and be an actual real life warrior. Okay. And now, uh, you know, obviously coming from Canada, our mm-hmm. questions might be a little naive about learning all the different levels of military, but yeah. you have obviously like Air Force, you have Marine, you have. So what arm, uh, what, yeah. what was it about, I want to go the path of Marine? Yeah. So I. The few the proud, yeah. that's awesome, okay.
1: but really I walked into my cafeteria and I was a civilian too and had no idea right. You know, really what I was uh, going to do. And I walked up to the army recruiter and I said, hey, I want to join the hardest branch that you can enlist in. I want people to see me, and, and this is pretty much a quote. And I was like, I want people to see me and respect me because uh, I—they know I did something. I joined the hardest branch, and I wanted to be hard. I wanted to suck. I wanted yeah. to be the challenge every single day. Right. And uh, <laughs> he looks at me, and he looks to the left, and he looks to the right, and he's like, "You should probably just go, go join the Marines." <laughs> he's like, "You should probably just go join the Marine Corps." Really? And uh, I said, and I really just—I I genuinely was like, "Thank you." Okay. And. Uh, then I walked over to you know the Marine Corps recruiter and I said, "Hey, sign me up, okay. Marine Corps Infantry." Okay. And then
0: the rest is is history. Okay, so let's now dive in. Uh, yeah, man. One of the things that you said yesterday when we were talking is that uh, you know a lot of people that join the Marines, mm-hmm. they either don't know what they're walking into, mm-hmm. um, or it's almost like they just fall apart, like you see in the movies, and they just yeah. and they just basically they just their will to move forward just gives up, and they're like, "I'm done." They yeah. give up. Mm-hmm. What I did you? What what what, <laughs> yeah, what? what? what was your your first couple of weeks are observing and being mm-hmm. part of something that you're new to? Did you have fear? Did you yeah. like? What, what was going through your mind? So, yeah. I mean, for me, when I first
1: got to boot camp, I I was blessed. And, like, the way I say this is really important. I was blessed with a lot of uncertainty growing up. So I had my two parents on different sides of, you know, one's in the Bahamas, one's in Washington State. Right. So I was, like, traveling by myself, going into new environments where in the Bahamas I was the only American. So I was like, yo, fat boy, like, yeah. let's fight the, like, right. soft Americans. We right. had to fight there all the time. Then I came back to the U.S. and with my mom, I'm like, you know, the only black kid in Seattle, Washington, in like a school that's like predominantly Samoan or right. or a bunch of corn-fed white boys. So like, I always was like the only. Right. Always had a lot of uncertainty. Right. Always had to be able to sit by myself and be cool it. And but I'd always be end up being a leader in these environments. Um, and you know, I was there to be tested. I was there to have my metal tested. I was there to go to the crucible. Like I was there for you know the painful process of purification and transmutation as i would say now um and so when i first got there and we were in receiving you know there was a lot of uncertainty like they shaved my my hair off and you know you strip all your civilian clothes off and i just remember being like a little scared but like excited about it you know Um, but they've been doing this since 1775 so the things they do to you man like you like my recruiter said it best He's like i can tell you everything that they're going to do to you it's not going to prepare you for what's going to happen what it's going to be like and right. so you know it was just shock to, to the system um and people have different responses to that shock you right. know i that hits me and i i take it and i gain gain strength i always have you know i take it i learn i get humbled i get knocked down i learn from it and i you know, and I just like I focus, okay. you know, and so that's what happened. You know, I spent a lot of time inside myself and focusing and then trying to be strong for the other guys because they're breaking you down as an individual so they can build you back up as a one organism. So we, we think and we move and there's no individual identities in the way and right. egos in the way, right, right? That we deal with in the EP industry and things right. like that. So um, I really just went inside and had to figure out where I get my power, you okay. know, and this and that really, it helped my spirituality, helped my relationship with God, because I was just sitting there like, Father, I don't have, multiple times, I don't have the strength, you know? And yeah. I was just like, but my quote through boot camp was, I'd rather die like a man than live like a coward. Mm-hmm. And so there were many times where I was like, this might kill me, and dudes do die in Marine Corps, American Marine Corps boot camp, and- um, People she, die, t- People die in training. training. Oh yeah, in Marine Corps boot camp, oh. absolutely. Suicide attempts, training wow. accidents. So there's a poster in, in like recruiting offices where there's like a kid coming out of the mud and he's like mud, like in his mouth, like he's like all mud. He's like looking up at the poster. That was the day of training we were in. We were in the mud, doing obstacle courses, crawling through, you know, sludge all day. We got broke off and we're standing there in formation uh, for like an hour and a half, just standing out there in a position of attention, just swaying in the wind. And like, you just, it is exhausting. The sun's beating down on you, but you have to stay in the position of attention, completely disciplined, don't touch your face. Drill instructors are probably inside watching you through the glass waiting for someone right. to do something stupid. And you're just, you're locked up, so you're standing there. Some people lock their knees, they fall down, da-da-da, they pass out. Uh, this kid, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden he just fell down. And um, so of course, me being one of the squad leaders, I run over and we're like kicking him. Like we're like, get up. Cause if we beat him down, yeah. then the drill instructors won't come out and beat us down. So we're like beating him down. And I'm like, yo, get up. Um, and uh, he's really screaming like he's really in pain. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. Back, Move. 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 What's problem, son?
0: What? What's right in, right in the back. Huh? Hipping back. What? Hipping
1: back, sir. Hipping back. Don't move. Right there. What happened? This huh? Just you my, just tipped over. You tripped. No. Huh? My knee just gave out, and then
0: my, 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 <laughs> my, my, my. That's what crouched, sir. That's what yes. You will figure die with damn discipline. Do you understand that? Yes, That's sir. What happened. Get right, sir. Get on your feet. Get on your freaking feet your shit ain't
1: broken son i know what a broken leg looks like and that is not broken his pelvis
0: just snapped wow from just the stress of like the day wow you know so and you're saying um, that yesterday that what they're trying to do is just test your limits because if you can't do it here you're not gonna do it in the battlefield right exactly we had guys
1: uh uh fast acting pneumonia so you know so like they get pneumonia in it Takes their lungs and, you know, I don't know, like 24 hours, you know, things right. like this happen. Okay. Um, so, boot camp, eh, pff, the tank, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going, going in the
0: swim tank, yeah. like boot camp is intense. Training okay. accidents happen. So, once you get to that training circuit, yeah. how soon from the training now to getting into the actual battlefield? So, then
1: you go through boot camp, which is the most traumatic experience you've ever had in your life. Okay, Explain for how. People. Um, you know, I think. At first I was like these are the... When I met drone instructors, and they were so intense. Right. I remember being like these are the most intense. These are the meanest, most intense human beings I've ever met. Ah, you're some big God, tough guy, aren't you? Get your freaking eyes off me, pig.
0: You look somewhere else. Do you understand me? Yes, sir! Now do you understand? Yes, no, will no, not be right. It will be stubborn. Starting right now, from this point on, everything you do will be done with speed and intensity and the only three things that will come out of your mouth. Yes sir, no sir, I, I, sir. Do you understand me? Yes sir! Do you understand me? Yes, yes sir! Now, without running, pushing a shovel, now returning to the left and to the right. You're to get up, get up, get up, and again. Do you understand me? Yes sir! Do
1: you Yes sir! You get get The discipline is a shock to your system. Um. I was a, I was a, 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 like an obese Marine, like a double. So basically they cut my rations in half, you know? So, wow. um, you know, I was like malnourished. I went in, I cut from 220 something and I was playing 6A football at one of the top um, schools in the state of Washington, made the second best weightlifting program in the state of Washington. So I looked pretty much like this. And so I cut down to like 211 to get into like MEPS, which is like our kind of receiving. Right. Then I went into the first part of boot camp. And I dropped to like 206, which is like, it's called receiving, and it's like where you're just kind of chilling, you're waiting to go to actual boot camp. And then in boot camp, they were like, give me all my obese Marines, you know, they gave me a fat kid tab, so like I could only get half rations throughout boot camp, and I exited boot camp at 175 pounds, Oh wow! just, but I could take over the, I could kill anything, so. I mean, so you can understand the trauma of that. You know, I hadn't been under 200 pounds since, like, ninth grade, you know. Um, But then, I mean, just digging deep, man. Going through obstacle courses at night, sitting out there, freezing in the cold, no sleep, getting yelled at, and just, you just learn how to just do. And you, and they, people don't understand their potential. You know, the the Bible says, God will never give me more than I can, than, than I can handle. But the problem is you have no idea what you can handle you know right. 90, we have no idea you think you know you I'm can handle it. really don't yeah? exactly yeah. i'm on a life journey right now to try to figure out how much i can actually handle and do and i'm still on that journey and i'm constantly trying to figure that out
0: and are you thinking about and just I'm I'm pushing I, I, do know, i want like I, is I ever thought thinking i i don't know what i'm doing i'm just going to check out right now are those thoughts coming to your camp? mind at all yeah In boot camp yeah
1: dude you're like more in survival mode. Like, okay. you're more like, if you can think about what you're like feeling if you get tossed in like freezing cold water and you're in the rapids and you have to like fight your way to the side and like survive. Right. And what you would normally do to survive won't work because if you panic or try to protect yourself in boot camp, you get punished. You have to learn how to like relax and work as a team, you know, otherwise. And that's the only way for all of you to survive. And right. Like all the games they play with you. Right. And so you're constantly like dealing with don't go into fight or flight learn to work as a team and um, I mean it's it's an amazing experience and every minute of every single day is budgeted regimented and planned they plan to make you happy they plan to crush you and crush right. you emotionally yeah um, it's a beautiful system it's okay. a beautiful thing and how long does that whole system go for um, 10 weeks I want to say Marine Corps boot camps the longest boot camp you can be involved in and wow. boot camp is the easiest thing you'll ever do in the fleet Wow. in the, the, the Marine Corps so you know, you're out there training and the right. drill instructors are like, you're on the crucible and you're dying this is the first time you've ever been on a hill like this. You have been sleep deprived for, you know, three days for seventy-two hours. You've been doing nothing but getting hammered on for 72 hours, and the drill structure's like, and this is the easiest thing you'll ever right. do. <laughs> and, the, and you're and then you you're like, there's no way. It's soul crushing. It's right. hope-snatching, right. right? Right. Then you get to the fleet and you're like this is the, that was the easiest thing I'll ever do. You have no idea what your limits are. So the next right. level is the fleet. The next level is the real deal is the fleet, which is basically a cross between like Juvenile Hall and like the Lord of the Flies book and like <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Sam's Misguided Children essentially. Right. So like when I got there, it was still pretty like masculine and right. actually one of the reasons i joined the marine corps was because i have five sisters i was raised by my mom and my grandma and they're all like really strong females and stuff and that's awesome but i wanted to go to a place where i could be a man like and i'm a i'm i'm also a pretty hard man i'm hard on myself and i love it that's my love language right right so i wanted to go to a place where i was like i can be a freaking Man, like, I, a dude can mess up, I can look him in his eyes and be like, you messed up, we need to get better, da-da-da-da-da. If you want to fight about it, we can fight about it. And, like, I could be, like, an actual what we
0: think the Spartans are like kind of dude. Okay. And it was so beautiful. It was so liberating. And it's, pre- <laughs> and it's preparing you. And it's yeah. preparing you for what's going to come next, basically. Well,
1: that's like life in the fleet. Right. You know? So you get to this group of dudes. I got to Mike. Crew, they just got back from Fallujah, the Battle of Fallujah, the largest urban engagement since Way City in Vietnam. And so they are crazy. Like they're insane, right? So I'm. I mean, just 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 for some context, yeah. you know, you, you see these movies like Jarhead, when the Marine gets to the fleet, and it's just like mayhem, and dudes are just like naked fighting, you know, like there's all this yeah. stuff going on, and like I get to my squad bay, me and one other guy from my training unit from School of Infantry, so you go boot camp, School of Infantry, where they teach you how to fight. You pick your military occupational skill, which is a, which is an ordeal, you know, but that's more about learning the yeah. art. And then you go into the fleet, which is like, now you're with the meat eaters. Like, now you're with the real deal. And you're like, finally, I'm a Marine. Yeah. You know, and yeah, then, yeah. But you get there, and everyone's like, you don't speak until you go to combat. You have nothing to say. Right. Like, you're no one until you actually become right. a made man, and you've right. actually done something. So... I uh, you know I get to the fleet and I'm with my buddy Emerson and we get to our unit and we got our backpacks and we like yeah. you know and I'm walking in and we see this other lance corporal who's you know he's a made man and we're like excuse me lance corporal like uh, where where's the squad bay for three one you know and he's like yeah he's like good to go just go into those elevators go up to the third floor three one Lehman Company's up there so we get in the elevators man and we're like going up and we got our little sea bags and yeah. or, you know you're going up and you just hear these man noises like I'm just going to be raw with you a little bit a little bit right so we get in the elevator and you're going up and you just hear like rock like rock music like death metal like you know, double bass, like and then you hear like rap music and like yeah. The, yeah. all the rap music, yeah. and the rap music, the rock music, and the country music in the background. And it's all like this war, and there's like some porn going off, and it's like just wow. crazy. it's there's a production. Right like, and you're just getting closer to like the top four, and you're hearing all these sounds, and there's just men running around and screaming, and like you're just like, what's going to You hear like the the ceiling, like do 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 do, like dudes yeah. are fighting and stuff. You get up there, and then ding, and it goes quiet. Because the only people who get on the elevator are like staff NCOs, like made men. So this almost means to the guys up there that like daddy's home, like platoon sergeant came. So like we got to like stop everything. So wow. everyone stops, and then the elevator opens, and me and Emerson walk out with our sea bags, and we're nobodies. We got no rank. We're privates. You know, we got nothing on our on our on our collars, and everyone just leans out and looks at us out of their squad bay they're yeah. out of their and, and I didn't actually get to stay in the squad bay but this is when we had barracks for like a week and man when they saw us man the whole plato- like multiple platoons grab us rip us out of the elevator and we're basically like neat like right. they're like kind of auctioning us off right. and uh fortunately I had a, 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 a guy who's like my brother you know um Eric Hicks, another black dude, walks up and he's like, that one's mine. He pulls me in his room and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there like doing push-ups while I'm talking, like introducing myself and da-da-da-da-da. The other guy Emerson and me sitting there doing push-ups while I'm like reciting knowledge and like proving that I'm not stupid and like introducing myself for hours is mercy, right? The other dude gets yanked out of the elevator. I don't see him again until 1.30 a.m. Where he's, like, running into the room really quick. The, all the dudes are chasing him. He's trying to catch another Marine. They're like, you better catch him. And he they runs into the room. They're, like, going crazy. They push him around a little bit. Then he runs back out, and they're like, catch And then they put, throw him down the hallway, and he's, like, trying to catch this Marine. Like, and, wow. you know, that dude got ran so hard that he broke after, like, the first... I saw him again on a run up uh, up Recon, and then which is a big hill yeah. we have in the backyard. Yeah. And then he, like... Blew his ankle out and got out of the Marine Corps, like well, because they want to ride you hard when you get there because we're going to go to war together. Right, I need to. You don't really know a man until you fight him, you know. Right. So I need to see what's inside of you before you know we're out there and uh, the enemy finds out what's inside of you. And that was so, our philosophy. Man. So before you <laughs> get, before you get to combat, how do you know yeah. that you pass? How do you know that you pass? Because you earn the respect okay. of the men in in your in your tribe, you know. So you take your licks like a man. You maintain respect. You maintain dignity, yep. you know, no matter what. They get to see your heart. They get to see you on the humps when we all strap up and we go, and we go, you know, hump for you know however many miles it is that day when we run, when we ground fight, when we start clearing. Like, how well do you take orders, you know? And when you do get punched in the face, how do you deal with it, right? You know? And if you can maintain your bearing and you maintain your honor and your respect, yeah, you know, and yeah. and take your licks, you yeah. know, then ultimately. You're you're one of us. Man.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: and and then we feel
0: really confident about you. Right. When we are riding out uh, to war together. Yeah. You know? And and look man, one of the things that you also yeah. said that you said it, you said it many times. Yeah. Is that you've you've been involved in combat where explosions yeah. and, and war yeah. is happening around you. Mm-hmm. And you've had many near life death experiences. Absolutely. I mean that is what blew my mind yesterday. And I think, it's, I think it's important for people to kind of hear this because, you know, Brian, you do an amazing job of like, you know, in the executive protection lifestyle. Like it's a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle. And uh, you know, a lot of times people may, you know, you, the way you carry yourself, man, is like you're a very happy, very joyful, very grounded person. Thank you. And for what you've gone through, you should in theory have a very different kind of outlook or, or just a way you, you, you know you push your aura it, yeah. it should be almost like you know it's just different so yeah, I, I think it's good for people to hear mm-hmm. what you went through Yeah, because that's to me I think is just like what really kind of just, just blows my mind man and, and, and I think I, I think it's important for people to hear that because again you know you say you want to be a protector mm-hmm. and it was in your in, in your in your spirit in your heart yeah. to do that I mean, there's nothing more real than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, that's interesting, because I actually had someone else who has a
1: like a psychotherapeutic background say that to me, and she was talking about kind of my relationship with my parents and the way that my childhood was, and she's like, you know, given kind of the things I do know about you, <clears throat> she's like, you, you really shouldn't be the way you are. Like, you should have a lot more issues to deal with and all these different things. Right. Um, and, um, you know, Um, it's interesting because, uh, like, uh, I guess I get a little choked up a little bit talking about it, but for me, you know, the only thing I can say is, by the grace of God, I am what I am, you know? Right. Um, Corinthians 15.10, because uh, realistically, you know, without that comforter, you know, um, to help me navigate the times in life where I had, nothing and no one mm-hmm. um, and people weren't there like I don't know that how I would have done um, and it's awesome because what's actually happened is every single thing that hasn't destroyed me by the grace of God and with the right mentality yeah. really has made me stronger and so now when life does things it's like it's a slow Tuesday man. Yeah, I'm harder yeah. on myself than this right. you know what I mean and it's like this is just it's I can count it all joy, right. you know, and everything, you know, from growing up in a third world country to getting blown up and being in, you know, five different explosions in Iraq and near death experiences, and you know the things that I dealt with, you know, with my parents and you know my right. dad dangling me off a balcony when I want to join the Marine Corps and like all these different things that beset us with the right mentality. Mm-hmm. That's why I talk a lot about perceptual empowerment, right? You know, and and it's like a it's like it's like a mental modern alchemy right you know and now I look at those things and I literally like I said earlier I was fortunate to deal with so much uncertainty growing up because I was an, I'm inoculated mm. to uncertainty if right. I had to go live on the streets right now and do you know and and survive I believe I would have the psychological tools to navigate that right um, those types of situations because we have chosen to look at the meaning I've extracted from the things I've experienced. And what's so amazing about your experiences is that... Yeah. And when, actually... I, when I got choked up, yeah. that was me being choked up because I felt so much grace. Like, it, 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 it yeah, like yeah. every stripe and every, like, um, struggle that I've had the, the honor to be able to endure has really been, like, a tailor-fitted type of training. You know, that pain has made me so much stronger in so many ways. And it's love, man. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like when I'm in the platoon and they're like, all right, we're going to go do this hard thing right. that's going to make you stronger. Right. And you think we don't like you and we think you think we're being mean to you, but we love you. Yeah. And we're going to be hard as hell on you right. because we love you. You yeah. know, and that's, yeah. that's really what they're doing when you get yeah, to the platoon.
0: You yeah, know? and what you also <laughs> do right now and you do to this day yeah. with the protectors and people in the industry is that, yeah you pour into them on a regular basis as a mentor mm. to them yeah. to uplift and help them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Now, you are, you told me that you were also in leadership when you were. Absolutely. And, the reason, and you showed me a picture yesterday. Mm. And uh, I don't know <laughs> that, if that's something that... Yeah, we can, we can, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an open edit. book. I have
1: nothing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, well, yeah it you showed it me this picture. And in, in this
0: picture, it, yeah. it, it, the way I can describe it, you look rough. <laughs> you look rough, okay? And uh, yeah. you're kind of like, it looks like you're lying back against something. Yeah. And uh, hiding. Um, yeah, you're hiding. Can you, can you go into that? What happened where that picture was taken and around that whole setup? There was an explosion. Well, so that picture that I showed you yesterday
1: took place when we were clearing <clears throat> a chain of kind of villages and cities during my second deployment. We cleared out as far as we were going to clear, and um, my unit decided to leave my squad. And a, a recon squad At the farthest point that we were going to clear And they were going to come back and set a base up there But we just went through all these Villages and cities And then we they stopped there And then they're going to back clear To make sure the enemy isn't coming in behind us And then they're going to come back So days we're talking about And I'm pretty sure I was there For about a week um, And it was mortifying Like, like it's kind of like it's scary. Yeah. But like, you can't be scared because there's no point. Right. You know, like, you're just, it's more
0: extreme uncertainty, you know, so. Because you just, and you never know. Like this, I think you said that you, you kind of go in there every day thinking, like, this could be the day. Oh, well, th- all of
1: Iraq you spend just kind of being like, am I going to get shot by a sniper or am I going to get blown up? Right. You know, and being that I, had, I survived. A handful of
0: explosions it's like you have i know that in reality like in any moment in time that's
1: it we're just not talking anymore right you know and with my near-death experience when i got hit with 60 some pounds of explosives that's what it was like it was just like i was in another reality in the blink of an eye and that just happened out of nowhere out of, unexpected completely like i'm in a vehicle i could die at any second i could die at any second i could die in any second and then all of a sudden i was like where am i you know well wow. but in that picture i'm sitting here and i'm like you know, they leave us there, and they drive away, and it starts getting dark. They told us that we'd be there for three hours, and the night comes, and all I have is my nine guys. I'm a squad leader. And, um, you know, there was there was an incident where a vehicle had gotten blown up. They tried to launch lob mortars at us. We're hiding inside of craters from the mortars on the top of this hill, and we can't stand up during the day, because if they see us up there, the enemy is gonna come up there and kill us. is like nine 18 year olds and 19 year olds right. on top of a hill, you know, with no. I had to turn the radio off. Now that's a moment in time when you know you're alone. Now you got is you, your boys, and the God you prayed to, right? Um, you know, you don't find atheists in those types of situations. I had to turn my radio off, wow. so I knew I was the only person who was gonna go ahead right. and be able to initiate communication if they were looking for us. Um, and I had to just stay put like they told me, you know, the recon unit that was there to back us up, they rolled over a land, an IED, like a landmine, provides explosive device, their gun, he got his leg or legs blown off, and they all had to bail on us. And they were like, you know, our knights in shining armor. They're, they're the, they're the, they're the guys. Like yeah. they're the special forces marines. Yeah, we're just infantry, you know. Right. And uh, they, you know, they, they got chewed up and had to ba- had to bounce. And so it was just up to us to hold that hill. And fortunately, the enemy never came up that hill. But those were the longest days,
0: some of the longest days of my life. And I was absolutely sure. We were and gonna and you're and you're sleeping. Literally, you said every two hours you have to look after yeah. each other. Yeah, and if, if you're sleeping, I'm
1: the squad leader, so I have to look over everyone. Right, but the rotation is—you just imagine in the desert, you know. Up to 120 some degrees by day, dropping to 30s and 40s at nighttime, with whatever you happen to have on you, uh, and wind and all this stuff. And you're sitting there, like me and you are a gun team, you know. And you're we're going two on two off, you know. So you're laying down, you're sleeping for two hours, and I'm up over your shoulder, making sure that no one's coming. You know, and we're just, we got our heads down, we're trying to stay cool, and then, boom, I wake you up, and then you sleep, and you you stand watch, and then I sleep for two hours, and that's how it was. You forget about showers and, like, any of this other stuff. We run out of water, we had to go down into the souk and, like, get moosh cola, you know, so you're drinking all kinds of weird stuff. And there's a chicken farm underneath the the place where we were going to get food, so there's, like, all dead chickens underneath there, so we had to, like, go into this... You know, and we had to sneak down there at nighttime. It's an abandoned city,
0: so you're like, we're like literally like lost boys out right. here, right? Doing this stuff. And and what are you doing to motivate, or not motivate, but to like give your team strength as yeah. a leader? What are you doing to do that? Like, you know, it's that's not about like motivational speeches and stuff yeah, like that.
1: That's yeah. all about them looking in your eyes and knowing that you're grounded and that you're gonna do the best things. You're gonna do the best you can. You're gonna do everything you can to make sure everyone's safe. And you can't let them see it get getting to you and it can't get to you right humans are all psycho psychotherapy like psychoanalytic psychoanalytic, analytic beings right so you know i had to just be like father you know like whatever you have for me like i'm ready to die i'm absolutely ready to die i just know this that if and when it's time for me to die i'm gonna die i'm gonna die well and i'm gonna die good and i've always kind of had a suspicion that maybe i'd be a martyr but for me it's been most important to die well when it's right. time to die, so as to me, I'm like that's what I'm looking for. I'm right. gonna do everything I can, but you know, it's not about fear at this point. We're gonna die, but I'm gonna, are I'm gonna, I'm gonna be remembered, you know. And so that's kind of was my mentality, and it really helped them kind of be like. I can follow this guy. Right. He's there's no real fear here. Like. Right. He's smart. He's calm. I had to break up fights. I had to drop the hammer on my own dudes. You right. Know, right. Because that fear promotes chaos. You know. Yeah. And if that chaos and fear was inside of me, I wouldn't have been able to manage it outside of myself. Right. And that one principle has reigned
0: true in so many relationships I've been. Right. In, right. You know. So. So the found. And again, all this, the foundation that you had, everything got you to this place. Yeah. To be able to kind of push through that. To be. Who I needed to be in that moment. And, and to me, that's a testament, man. That's yeah. a testament. Byron, um, you know, as we now, like, kind of move into, like, what you do now, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, your whole world is protection. Yeah. Birth from from birth in your DNA. Literally, yeah, that's man. what it is, right? We talked about being born protectors, and, and you know, you just know, right? You just yeah. sometimes know. Then you got a lot of people that want to come into the game mm-hmm. that want to be protectors. Yeah. Okay? Can someone coming into the game wanting to be a born protector that doesn't know if he's a born protector but just wants to go because of whatever he sees as being a lucrative appeal? Maybe it's money. Yeah. Could someone navigate through that kind of career and be successful? I I suppose they could, but it's like... (laughs) Like in
1: in EP, you know, um, there's so much of it that will require you to have kind of a servant's heart if you're gonna last and if you're gonna thrive. You know, um, there's so much of it that's gonna require you to really, it's gonna have to be, the people that excel are the people who this is who they are and it's not about the client, it's not about, oh, I'm guarding the person that I love, like that I really thought was cool. It's really about like, I'm gonna protect you because I'm Byron, you know, and this is what I was created to do, you know, and I'm gonna serve your family because this is what I was created to do and by the grace of God and this is who I am you know. Right. Um, and when you don't have extremely powerful values that anchor you to something like that like I'm not anchored to this industry because of anything outside of myself and my calling what I think God's put me on the planet to do and so that's that stuff keeps me really grounded right. and when you have something outside of you you know like finances or wanting to be like James Bond or something like that this thing, this thing will wash you out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it. Or you'll hate it, and you're like those guys on the detail that become jaded, and you just suck. You're complaining all the time, right? You know, and you're a low frequency guy, and you get to a certain spot, a certain position, and you just stay a warm body on right. the detail, you right. know? And you don't really, really thrive in this game, man. Right. Because hey, if it's just a job to you, man. The guys that know that it's
0: more than just a job are gonna smoke check you on performance. Right. It's almost as if <laughs> when you look at it as in I'm doing something that I'm meant to do, you you just get this abundance of like blessings that come out of yeah. nowhere, you don't expect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And energy. But when you search when you're searching for the for the gold, basically, it's yeah. almost like you kind of go on this journey where you just never never you never never find it you never find it. You never get that fulfillment from it. Mm-hmm. If there was being in, in, in the industry right now for so long and and you know, you were always saying things that you're always learning. Again, when mm, we go back to yeah. Miami mm-hmm. and you're going through circuits and, you know, you're always, you've said this before, training and all, this, all stuff. this training, like, yeah. this is a game that you're always learning, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, to, to kind of say that you're the, the GOAT, not you, but the mm-hmm. person is the GOAT, they've officially hit that mark. Yeah. It's almost like you can't really say that because there's always room to learn and grow. Absolutely. Well, if you could. hmm in the, the, the the current state of the industry yeah if you could change something for the better to make it better what would it be like if, you could, if we yeah. all do this as a unified body mm-hmm. in this industry it mm-hmm. will just take it to the next level what would that be I think first and
1: foremost you know we have to I My goal has always been to unite the tribes, man. You know, that's what all great warriors have done since the beginning of time. You know, like Geronimo and, like, all of them, man. Like, it's all been, like, unite the tribes. You know, know, a braid of three is not easily broken. You know, the arrows, when they're together, they're not easily broken. And so I think we have to, I would like to see us play nice and create something for the industry that is, um, has the best of, All of our ways of doing business in it for us to, you know, I don't know if we need to have necessarily an industry standard, but I think that would be great. Like if we could all work together and make it so that executive protection agents did uh, have some level of certification that allowed us some level of clearances with regards to the different tools that we could leverage to do a better job you know, uh, the same way law enforcement officers do, that would be really cool. That yeah. would empower us right. to render a higher value, uh, higher quality deliverable, you know, protection. Um, but, like, if there's one thing that I think really stifles our, in, our industry, which is just human nature, um, it's all the competition over cooperation that we see um, between different schools and tribes and, you know... Um, and people in the industry, you know, I think that really stifles the whole industry being able to set up a higher quality baseline of performance. Right, right. Um, And so I think if everyone was contribution-centric, and that's always been my goal, like, I've tried to play nice with everyone, I've tried to always work with everyone who's out there, I respect everything everyone's done before me, you know, Um, but, you know, unfortunately, there's just always egos, and there's always folks that are Wanting to um, look out for themselves because they believe in competition over cooperation, okay. you know, or they feel like they need to work from that place because they're insecure. It's a survival mechanism. They're trying to survive. Okay, and I understand that, and I have compassion for that, and it makes sense. It's one way, but it's not the way that's going to help us all win. I don't think.
0: I'm gonna ask you one last question because I know it's been a long day.
1: I can. I'm there. I do
0: this right. <laughs> I love what, this stuff. What, you're a visionary. Yes, sir. You see something. It's very evident. What is something that you'd like to see for yourself in the next 10 years with everything that you're doing? I know you said already you'd like to unite the industry together. Yeah. But you're also building a lot. You're developing a lot. Mm-hmm. What, what is something like you'd like to see happen in the next 10 years with what you're putting together right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're creating communities. You're creating content. Free content, a lot of it it, it, that that is all put outside there. You're helping people all the time. If you could fast track five, ten years, where would you like to see? To say it simply, I would like to
1: see the world become a safer place by having more good people be more dangerous or more willing, capable, and prepared to deal with things um, that we inevitably are faced with. You know, I'd like to see protectors multiplied, like the white blood cells. And I believe protectors are the white blood cells in the body of humanity. I believe that protectors, you know, have, we are the protection DNA, you know, inside the body of humanity. Someone rises up, does something evil, uses violence for evil in an environment that's going to dominate until strong, good people rise up and quench that in real time. Yeah, you know, someone there's a there's a terrorist attack in Israel. Guy pops up, you know, harms one and a half person. Israel's a a well trained society, and boom, it's extinguished by everyone. You know, someone does that in America. You got body counts in the double digits sometimes. So, I'd like to see uh, the world become a safer place because good people are willing, and capable, and prepared to stand up for the light and for good. And that is exactly what I'm doing with my brands, you know, with the Protector Nation. I'd love to see that be an international organization that trains good people to protect themselves and be prepared for any and everything that, you know, we're going to inevitably face in this life.
0: And I'm telling you that yeah. your response is 100% Joan, and I believe you, by Yes, sir. And when I say that I believe you is that yeah. a lot of times what people do is that they say something, mm-hmm. right? I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do that but they don't put the steps to get there, right? Yeah. Or they just they say, they say just think it's like I could just come to the end goal, right? Oh, yeah. Let me do two days of training. Right. And, and then, then I'm a protector. And right? I'm a protector. <laughs> exactly, right? Forever. I went so, to this training thing once all uh, the time. I think that's amazing. I want to thank you, man, for, for putting this on. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't put these things on, the people are not coming. That's yeah. the truth, right? Yeah, right? absolutely. So thank you for putting that together. It's uh, It's growing. It's exciting to see what you're doing, thank you. and I'm telling you, I just cannot wait for the next thing that's coming together. We, you were able to assemble uh, with Pablo and uh, Christian, some amazing people this weekend, yeah. uh, or this weekend. It feels like the weekend. Yeah, like this man. week. It feels like you be putting um, some amazing people, and um, and the thing is, you're you're just putting new people all the time. It's like, where, where you guys, where you getting these guys from? So, <laughs> yeah. So we're looking forward to to what's coming up next. Yes, sir. And uh, thank you, really, man, for your time on this. I. I I, I, I mean, we're not going to want your sleep cycles and stuff because you have a little bit of no, sleep this guy gets, stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's so. just part, man. It's just it's just the beginnings, man. And again, Absolutely. I want to thank you for everything, bro. Hey, man, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for all you man. do. It's an honor to have you with me on this journey you know and the support we're getting from you guys you know up in Canada and all that you do you know for agents and all that your company does for agents and stuff like that and the level of excellence that I see
0: and I've always seen with you guys up there yeah, man. you know in Sentinel it's 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 an honor to be connected well listen you know? man maybe we're gonna call it here right now <laughs> symposium six and the six right? hey y'all watch out, yeah, yeah. Watch out. Yeah, there you go awesome man there you go guys you got a little bit of a glimpse of the inside of Byron, and there's a lot more where that came from. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, we're good. Boom. <laughs> One, two, three. Boom. There you go. That's what's up, y'all. Hey, thanks so much for
1: being here. Such an honor. Such an honor.